You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. And welcome to the 42nd episode of 40 Going On 14. And uh, this week, well, first off, I am Mike. What's the topic today? (laughs) I'm Pat. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And you know, when I went to Detroit, it was not nearly as bad as advertised. I was not attacked by one giant robot. Oh, that's sad. But two. (laughs) No, it's attacked by two giant robots. Six muggers. Hugger muggers? They weren't robots. And that's progress. Mm-hmm. What? What? (laughs) I don't know. (gasps) Okay, so you... Wait, when did you go to... uh, You know what? I was just going to ask you when you went to Detroit, and I have no idea. He didn't really go, Mike. I know, because Detroit sucks. Wow. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. better than Flint. That's called a joke. Oh. So we're talking about RoboCop. (laughs) Yes, we are. Shut your mouth. And that takes no, 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 place no. in Detroit. What? Yes. In 20-something or other. Yes, in old Detroit. So, but uh, we do have some... Isn't that redundant? Old Detroit? What? What do you think? Only if there's not a new Detroit. Well, Detroit is looking pretty old. I'm just run down, sad. So does, does that mean New Mexico is new and that Mexico is just old Mexico? Yeah. Kind of. I mean, yeah. are you really going to argue that? Where's old Hampshire then? In England? Called, oh. But it's just called Hampshire. Which oh. is strange because there they have Old Bay seasoning. Or wait, is it New Bay seasoning? Where's, where's the Bay seasoning then? It's Old Spice. Anyway, we have uh, emails and voicemails this week? <laughs> yes, we do. What the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what happens when we start late. Really late. Yeah, sorry yeah, about so, that. Um, um, so anyway. Wait, I just what? want to announce for those of you that don't know, uh, which is going to be everybody listening. Um, I am in California. I am in the north... West California. You're where? I did California. not know that. Eureka, California. You didn't know that? Seriously? Have you not been reading the emails for the last like two hours? <laughs> I know what's going on, Pat. Is that a joke, too? Mm-hmm. That was a joke. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, Josh, radio Josh folks, is just ignoring me. Josh is here. He's been responding to you. No, I meant in the... Okay, never mind. <laughs> Jesus. I'm, I'm about to have a stroke, so... <laughs> All right, right, so anyway, we got boom. Hey. I'm not going to have time for hey. a stroke at this point. So, listener Blake Greer emailed us uh, this last week. Hi, Blake. He said, hello, Blake. Thank you for emailing. But he said, for some reason, he decided to have a bowl of raisin bran for dinner tonight. Strange. Great show, guys. Keep up the good work. On a side note, what are you doing differently? The audio quality of the podcast has greatly improved over the last few episodes. Yeah, I actually bought a new microphone, and I was holding us all back. Yeah, but uh, well, he, Patrick is using like a, a dial-up connection from Eureka, California, to give us that old podcast nostalgia <laughs> sound. Yeah, he also says Josh is right. Dino egg oatmeal was the bomb. Indeed. So, thank you for emailing Blake. I have not tried the Dino egg oatmeal either, but I want to though. It sounds fun. No idea. No idea. 
We also have emails. Yay! Voicemail. Oh. Voicemails. From... I, the file says Robo Scott, so... <laughs> it's Scott um, the Pool Boy. I know it's Scott the Pool Boy. I'm just hesitant to touch it. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Scott the Pool Boy, and I'm listening to... Uh, I don't know what episode... Or- Origins? I'm listening. Well, thank you, Scott. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Scott. Whoa. Uh, that was a poignant question. Uh, there's another one. Oh, okay. Oh, that's Robo Scott. Two. Hey, guys. This is Scott... Again, you thing hung up on me and doesn't like me. But, like I was saying, I'm listening to Origins. And uh, I've heard it mentioned before, and I heard it again this episode, you talked about the Tiki Geeks. Now, I want to tell you something about the Tiki Geeks. When I wore a younger man's panties, I was looking for podcasts to listen to, and I didn't really know how to search for things, so I would just search for words that I liked, like geeks. And I listened to the Tiki Geeks. And that's the end of my story. I love you. Bye. Whoa. Holy cow. <laughs> Scott found you before. Whoa. That's deep. Yeah, it's like you were discovered while you were just young and impressionable in a diner. I don't know where I was going with that. Is it Tom's Diner? <laughs> Apparently to the diner. Apparently. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed all 12 episodes. <laughs> Whoa. I, I wish you could have come up here when we were at the uh, 24-hour uh, flea market. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, I thought you just needed protection. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, well, actually, we, we, um, we got a booth at the 24-hour flea market up here, and we were across the aisle from uh, First, First Jason. Uh, Ari, yeah. Yeah, Ari, Ari uh, what's his name? Lehman. Yeah, he was a, he was across Ari. the uh, aisle from us, and um, there was a, some transvestite across from us, and the soup Nazi was over there too. Yeah, and we got uh, some good interviews and stuff in there. That was a lot of fun. I had my first uh, deep fried uh, Snickers bar too. Mm. Yes, Ari Lima. which is Ari Lima. Yeah, first but the deep deep uh, Snickers fried. Yeah, it was really good. Ugh. I don't like sweets. What? I'm not a sweets guy, so I, I'm gonna say ugh. I, you know what I've always wanted to try? I've wanted to try deep-fried Kool-Aid. Is that a thing? Yeah, that's totally... It's like state fair food. I know we're in state fair season right now. They take, like, the strawberry Kool-Aid and mix it in with, like, the batter, and then they deep-fry it. So it's just like... It's like a funnel cake with Kool-Aid I in I think there? so, except they look like they... Uh, they come out as, like, f- deep-fried dough balls. They almost look like uh, donut holes. Huh. Well, I would try that. I mean, I'd try it. Yeah, they deep fry all sorts of things now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like Craig T. Nelson. They actually last year had, no joke, deep fried butter. Oh. Like a stick of butter. And from what I hear is like the butter melts as it deep fries. So basically you've just got this like fried shell of crunch and you bite into it and there's like melted butter inside. It's actually <laughs> supposed to be much better than it sounds like it would be. Oh. Can you dip it in maple syrup? That sounds like something you would dip in maple syrup. I, I'm sure you could, but I, I get the impression that the actual stick of butter itself is pretty much obliterated by the frying process. Does it come with like a free angioplasty or anything? Like trip to the hospital? Maybe. Well, I'm going to try the uh, breakfast sludge mm-hmm. tomorrow. I was stopped on the way home and picked up a box of uh, Weetabix. <laughs> and I have the cocoa and cinnamon and all that other stuff. So. Oh. Well, if you've uh, eaten anything weird this summer or any uh, crazy uh, state fair food, uh, give us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook and send us a message. I want to hear about it. 
Yeah. Also, you can get us on Twitter at 40go14. You can do uh, also voicemail at 708-NOW-RAP. 708-669-9727. Yo. You can also Yay. find us uh, on our podcast network, uh, Musings of a Geek, where uh, there's a lot of great shows. Uh, this week, uh, I, I listen to a bunch of the shows on the network, but uh, this week I spent a lot of time listening to Who the What Now and History of Bad Ideas. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the guys from both of those shows. They were awesome shows this week. I'm in the middle of listening to uh, Bad Ideas. So <laughs> Went away there. I was listening to bad ideas on the way home from work today. <laughs> He's got like a I devil on his shoulder. I thought, I thought I lost you again. There Don't do that. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, Thank we've you. just been pretending we didn't know you were gone. You guys are not allowed to stop speaking at all because every time you do, I think you, I just <laughs> lost connection again. No, you're still here. You're still here. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what Sorry, time these it is? Re- these redwoods kind of block the signal. Red Wings? Red Woods, the giant, like, 500-tall trees, 500-foot tall. But they're not a hockey team at all. <laughs> I think it's they play horrible internet. hockey. They have vegetarian internet. That's the problem. He's he's sitting in the middle of, a, like, a, a Walmart parking lot in Duluth, I think. I don't think he's in California. <laughs> all right. So, Most now... This week in... Music. Movies. And TV. All right. And this week, in a f- twist, this weekend has been done by Josh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. And Josh is a lot. Well, I don't understand. I'm, I'm the curious about what's going to happen with the. Uh, what do you mean you don't understand? Well, I tried We've to been do doing it, once, it for 42. And you guys were like, that's not right. So I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. This is actually I not the f- to you. <clears throat> like, it's because you were writing like this week. I had a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that did not see, happen. Uh, was, this week I had ramen with size picture on it. <laughs> this is actually not the first time I've done this weekend, but the first time in a very long time. All right, so let's see where this goes. This weekend is the week of June 22 to 29, or in English, 22nd to the 29th. <laughs> what was that? That's like an alien discovering a calendar for the first time. June 22. June 22. Now you can't do it. In 1987. All right, music. Alone by Heart is number one on the Billboard charts, and his song is the third cover of the track, written by Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly. Alone was also covered by Celine Dion and John Stamos. <laughs> Not together. It was done separately. That is an unholy duet, as just so apropoly typed. Yeah. And I, I went back and watched the video for this song, and I really, this was Heart's biggest hit. Yeah, uh, really. Power also one of their worst songs too. <laughs> How do I get you alone? Like, wouldn't it make more sense as a duet? Because who, is, who are they singing to? Like, if if Celine Dion and John Stamos, like, I can imagine them singing that to each other. You know, trying to romance each other's pants off. Especially if you got John Stamos doing the uh, absurdly high part. Because if you listen to the uh, the harmonies in this, uh, the, yeah, there's a lot of people who just plain can't sing this song because the harmonies are like way up there in the like Mariah Carey range. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was gonna be a, a real asshole and say yeah, one of them being the Wilson sisters, but I decided not. Oh. <laughs> Alone by Celine well, Dion and Jesse and the Rippers. 
you know, you could rag on Celine Dion, but you know what, though? She actually does a lot for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, so she's okay in my book. I don't listen to her, but she's not bad. Okay. I, I like... What's that? I said she's insane. Yeah, but that's, she still raises money for him, so I'm not going to knock it. You know who else does it? Is uh, Frank Black. I can get behind that. Is that the... Wait, is that the comedian or the musician? No, Frank Black is Frank from Black the is from Millennium. Oh, who's the who's the old angry comedian? Louis Black. Louis Black. Yeah, Louis Black is also Wait, a guy who so does. So not Frank Black. Not Frank Black. Who Joel and I Black. saw in concert. Yes. Was it Jack Black? No, was it's it, not Jack Black. Was it Johnny Mac? Who wants to know? <laughs> All right. So movies. <laughs> Spaceballs. Full Metal Jacket. Straight to Hell, featuring Courtney Love as a whiny pregnant woman, and Dragnet are all released in theaters. Melman. The Bond. I went to the movies to see Spaceballs, and that was the first and only time I've ever seen my mom do a spit take. <laughs> yeah. This was a really, really big week in film. Just knowing yeah. that Spaceballs and Full Metal Jacket came out the same week. I saw and Dragnet. I saw Dragnet in the theater, actually. I did too. I used to, I used to say, and the Virgin Connie Swales, and I didn't understand exactly what that was about. I mean, I did, but I didn't, you know. I, I, uh, quite a few years ago, I say then the kids were. Like instead, like Katie was like eight. Well, Suzanne left for the evening, and we we're gonna have a movie night with Daddy. So I got on Netflix and I started scrolling through the movies. I'm like, "Hey, Spaceballs! You guys are gonna love this movie." <laughs> so you forgot, you forgot all about all the sexual innuendo. I forgot. I forgot about a whole bunch of stuff because I'm like, I, it came on, and we got about 20 minutes into it, and then I was like, you know what? We're plugging through this. We're we're gonna get through this. So this will be fine. We got through the entire movie. And they laughed. They they were crying. They had a, I mean, especially the one scene where my the one scene where actually my mom did the spit take was when uh, he screams out, "Why didn't somebody tell me my ass was so big?" <laughs> that, you know, that was they got you know laughs across the board. The kids loved it. So the next morning, we're sitting at breakfast, and Suzanne's turns to get and she's like, "So what did you watch with Daddy last night?" <laughs> Spaceballs. And there's that moment of silence where you can feel yourself being judged. <laughs> and she goes, "So what did you think?" Oh, it was really funny. Yeah? Cause, yeah, there were some swears, though. And I'm like, we are so close to being out of the forest in this. <laughs> we are so close. She looks at Suzanne and she goes, just what I thought. I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> yeah, no, she goes, she goes, Suzanne goes, oh, so the, there were some swears in it? And Katie looks at her and goes, shit, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nice. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, and they've been backing me up ever since. Yay! And the Bond film, Living Daylights, premieres in London. Yeah, it was one of the is, Timothy Dalton Bonds. That's unfortunate. Is that, who was the bad guy in that one? Was that, wait, was that the Wayne Newton one? Uh, <laughs> what? I thought that was A View to a Kill? Was Wayne Newton a villain in a Bond film? Are you really serious with that? Josh, uh, go for it. I'll start doing TV. Yeah, I, I'm looking it up now because I, I vaguely remember. Okay. Uh, TV. But, Jackie Gleason, best known as Ralph Cramden on The Honeymooners, dies on June 24th. Oh. Have his batter, battle with colon cancer, liver cancer, and thrombosed hemorrhoids. Mm. That sounds not fun at all. Yeah. And in the meantime, Susan Lucci loses the daytime Emmy for the eighth time. How many times did she end up losing before she finally won? Was it 13? I think so. I only vaguely know who Susan Lucci is. I mean, I mostly know. Yeah. I mostly know her for not getting the Emmy for. Exactly. Same here. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's her most famous. I mean, that may that honestly may have been the best publicity for her because she's more famous for that than it being on the soap opera. Yep. Yeah. I think it did her career a favor, honestly. And her name rhymes with Gucci. So, Josh, and back Gucci. me up on this. I'm still looking. Joe Butcher, I think, is the character name. I'm just trying to figure out which which movie. Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton uh, was... License to Kill. It was License to Kill. Yeah. Wayne Newton played a villain in a Bond movie. Are yeah, you Joe Butcher was the villain's name. I just couldn't remember. That's... Joe Butcher? That is such a Bond name. That's Wayne Newton, baby. Yeah, I got distracted for a minute and started searching for Juice Newton. <laughs> <laughs> Playing with the Queen of Hearts. Ooh, this will be interesting. Josh put sports in. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Phil's. Wait, Phil's Steve Bedrosian? Phil's who? I don't know. <laughs> you cut and paste this. I totally did. Keep going. Phil Steve Bedrosian <laughs> is first to re- record 12 saves in 12 attempts in some game or the other. I really don't know sports. <laughs> yes! He really doesn't know I, sports. I guess 12 saves in 12 attempts is either hockey or, or soccer. Cricket. No, that's 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 baseball. Is it? It's the Philadelphia Phillies. They call them the Phils. That's their nickname. Ah, and, see, I thought he was some save, sort of goaltender. And a save is when you go into the game late with a lead, and you you know you don't lose that lead, and your team still wins. Wait, you get a wait. save. How do you go into the game late? Wouldn't you know when it started? No, 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 no. like 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 a pitcher that comes in, <laughs> in the seventh inning to relieve the starting pitcher. So like if he's oh. driving to California, right? <laughs> It shows up like I don't know two hours after two the start hours time. Late? Yeah, yeah, it's up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's coming in late. Hey, it's, and under know, in my defense, in my defense, it is eight o'clock California time, so I'm right. <laughs> hey, on he's on he's time. <laughs> All right, miscellaneous. The June Democratic uprising leads to reforms, creating what is the present day government of South Korea. And I'm not saying that. Oh come on. <laughs> I like you to do the cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> if you had put it under anything else except for talking about the June Democratic Uprising. Joel did put it somewhere, but I forget. I, I put it, it under after- movies first and then TV, and he kept erasing oh, it. No, so. You put it after sports, uh, ruining the I don't really know sports joke. <laughs> so oh. I had to move it. I like to uh, do the cha-cha. Thou shalt not trample on someone else's joke. That was a listener request from Brian, a.k.a. Tommy the Duck. <laughs> Just to so Tommy, exactly how far he will go with the, he'll read anything on the show notes. Exactly. Yeah, except that. Except I like a, a duda, a da da, a cha cha. <laughs> oh, wait, not, not Brian. No, that was from Charlie. I'm sorry. Charlie, though, yeah. I think we have our first T-shirt. Charlie, sorry. <laughs> I like a, a duda. Oh, wait, I like, I couldn't say that anyway. Adu- I like a, 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 a da cha cha. <laughs> That's from Bruce Almighty, for those of you that don't know. Yes. Haven't seen it. Me neither. I have. All right. All right. Now we are going to head on into RoboCop. RoboCop came out 1987. July 17th. The uh, Internet Movie Database gives it a, well, says it is in a dystopic 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 and crime-ridden Detroit. Terminally wounded cop returns to the forest as a powerful cyborg haunted by submerged memories. Who knew that haunted was going to be the word that got him and all that? It's kind of a weird description of the <laughs> plot, but yeah. Well, yeah. More or less. 
kind of how, sort how of. is that a weird description that's pretty perfect well it's very it's very uh, it's very technically correct there's no soul to yeah. it yes yeah yeah just, it you know you think of it it's very uh i mean they're solid. not gonna call it a satire they're, they're, just, they're just trying to wrap up the plot no it's like some some yeah. troubled writer is like i can't write my great american novel so i'm gonna write <laughs> synopsis for film well what do you think critics are yeah of course well, and oh. there's all sorts of unnecessary words here. I mean, in a dystopic and crime-ridden Detroit, they could have just said Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> in future Detroit, you know what we mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it starred Peter Weller, the RoboCop, as Officer Alex Murphy in RoboCop, Nancy Allen, Officer Ann Lewis, Dan O'Herlihy, Herlihy? Herlihy. <laughs> Herlihy, as the old man. Ronnie Cox as Dick Jones. Right. <laughs> Cox plays Dick. Yep. Uh, Kurtwood Smith, you jackass, <laughs> plays Clarence Boddicker. Robocop, Big Wolf. you dumbass. <laughs> Miguel Ferrer as Bob Morton. Robert DeCoy as Sergeant Warren Reed. And Ray Wise, the ass in every movie, plays Leon Nash. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, he was also uh, Laura Palmer's father. Yeah. And Kurtwood, uh, Miguel Ferrer actually uh, made a guest appearance in the remake. Did he? I, oh, well, we'll talk about We'll that. talk about that later. All right. So, uh, Robocop, let's see. Totals, it was budgeted at $13 million estimated. It grossed $53 million four. Just round it up. $53,424,681. Well, that's the exact opposite of rounding it up. You just read the whole number. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rounding involved there at all. In Detroit. <laughs> well, I didn't give you the sense, did I? Ha ha. <laughs> I rounded up to the nearest penny. <laughs> so, what do we all think of RoboCop? Well, let's. Well, okay. I I like RoboCop. I've always liked RoboCop. I thought RoboCop was a great movie, even then and now. Um, it's a, it is dated when you watch it. That's the first thing I noticed. It's very. You can definitely tell it's a very '80s movie, but uh, it's still got a great story. And for the time, the effects were pretty dang impressive. <laughs> got that sweet stop motion animation. Oh yeah. The stop motion animation was awesome unless there were human beings in the picture. That's fair. Yeah, I, he's got a he got a point there. Once I mean the 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 robots <clears throat> walking around were very cool and the stop motion was awesome unless there was another unless they had to green screen it and then it looked terrible. Yeah, their green screen just work on, was less than impressive. Yeah. See, and that stays consistent through the other two films as well. They use the stop motion animation and the the layering bad, and everything. Bad green screen. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Pretty much. So, well, honestly, I think this is like Peter Weller's, this, this is like Peter Weller, as uh, the Terminator is to Schwarzenegger, RoboCop is to Peter Weller. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. Sure. I mean, it, it's going to be the first thing that they mention in his, in his obituary, obviously. Oh, yeah. Before they bring him back as a cyborg, and then he acts <laughs> as a cyborg. <laughs> Finally. He's <laughs> a method actor. They actually did that. They chopped off his arms. Well, he did initially during the initial part of the filming. He insisted that Paul Verhoeven refer to him as as Robo, but Verhoeven, after about two weeks, thought it was stupid and st- made him stop it. <laughs> Which is funny because Verhoeven refers to everybody in the movie as their character names. So you know, he called her, you know, called, called Kurtwood Smith Clarence, or called him Boddicker. And in the uh, Bob Morton's death scene, he called the girls bitches. <laughs> yeah. Which is honestly one of the best lines of the movie. So, Bitches leave. Method <laughs> method directing. That's what that's what that was. 
You, you ever heard uh, Ian McKellen talk about method acting? By the way, this is a quick story. It, uh, he was he was with somebody and he was doing a scene for a movie, and in the movie, um, the character had been up for forty eight hours straight. So the actor stayed up for forty hours straight, forty eight hours straight, and he shows up for the set looking like shit. And Ian McKellen's like, "What's wrong with you?" He's like, "I'm a method actor. I, I, I've been up for forty eight hours." And he just looked at him and goes, "Well, you could just try acting, <laughs> right?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, Other people have done it before you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so oh, go ahead. I, I remember when I first heard about this movie, and I got really excited because I just just uh, I saw the RoboCop, the the classic picture of him like standing there in front of the car, and I was like, this is going to be awesome. And then I uh, like tried to get anything, get my hands on anything I could that had to do with RoboCop because for whatever reason, it just it was fascinating to me. And then when I finally saw it, I was shocked at how incredibly violent it was. Um, yeah. and, and to this day, I still kind of, I mean, it still amazes me because they, they were borderline NC-17. They had to pull some of it back um, to make it an R rating. But the fact that, you know, there was an NC-17 back then. There would have been a full X. Right. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, that they, like, they the, went the, like the man turning into goo on the hood of his car, that kind of scene. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Or the uh, guy getting gunned down in the uh, in the boardroom. Yeah. Well, or when Murphy got shot all the hell. By that the, was pretty graphic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. they had to edit out parts of that because it was just too much. And, you know, when they showed it in the commercial and the fact that, you know, just a, a year later, they're, they're doing a, you know, a cartoon series of it. I mean, it's it's that whole philosophy back then, that mindset, like Police Academy, where it eventually became a cartoon. And, you know, they take these R-rated properties and, and make them safe for kids so the kids can watch them, too. But it's funny that you say safe. You got to you got to have kids. The kids are a market. You got to have kids. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say safe for kids because, OK, here we start with this week's mom story. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Pat knows this story. Yes, I do. You actually told this on the podcast, but it's so appropriate right now. We're going to let you tell. Oh, all right. So my mom went to the video store back when we there was are still around. Asked for a movie, you know, was looking around, finding movies, saw Robocop. And went, oh, it's a robot cop. The kids will like that. So she comes home and sits my then probably five or six-year-old brother down in front of the TV, puts on RoboCop, and leaves. (laughs) Now, my brother is a sensitive soul, to put it lightly, even back then. So he's sitting there, and now I'm... My, Suzanne and I were watching the original, and we were trying to figure out exactly when we think Matthew first got up and went into the other room and told my mom that it was a bad movie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I should be watching this, Mom. <laughs> this, this is like, why, well, you know, did the why am I parenting myself? <laughs> this is, but I, I'm, I'm probably there weren't enough boobs in the very beginning. There weren't enough boobs. There were some boobs. But there wasn't enough that he wouldn't even notice that. Uh, I'm thinking when Weller, when Murphy, I'm sorry, when Murphy got gunned down, yeah, maybe yeah. it had to been the tipping point. <laughs> when, when so he gets up, blown off of his arm. He might have been like, um, yeah, yeah I, this I feel wrong. Um, so he gets up and he goes into the other room to my mom and says, "Mom, Mama, this is a bad movie." She goes, "Well, it'll get be- it'll get better. <laughs> so go back and watch it some more." Just thinking it was boring. Right. So my brother, being a dutiful son, shrugs, walks back into the living room and sits down. <laughs> Cut fast forward to maybe about 20 minutes later. She finally goes into the living room and she hears all this ruckus going on. And there's probably <laughs> another gunning down, disemboweling scene going on. 
And my little brother is sitting on the couch like he has been told to do. Go watch this movie, Matthew. <laughs> Except he's taken his school bag, dumped out everything in the school bag, and is sitting with the bag on his head <laughs> because he doesn't want to watch it. My mom has quoted herself as, as she has said that is the point where she felt the least capable of parenting. <laughs> She's like, I am a bad mama. <laughs> Just go watch it. It's got to get better. It's got to get better. Wow. That explains so much. Yeah. yeah. So, but I loved it. I mean, I, I was a or huge Matthew. fan then, and, and I still am. I mean, I, it's still one of my favorite movies to this day. I still, I can watch it anytime, and just something about it just hits the right chord in all the, all the right ways, for me anyway. Josh, what about you, man? I mean, I love it. It's the archetype of the 80s sci-fi action movie. I put it in the same category as some of the other stuff we've talked about. Total Recall. Uh, and in similar ways, there are some things that don't hold up. The uh, like concepts of like why certain things happen don't hold up to serious scrutiny. But you know what? It's a lot of fun. For example, effects... give us an example. Uh, okay. The whole thing with why the corporation is just this evil. I, they want to do a big development, but really, you've got Dick Jones is just evil pretty much for no reason. He's he, a dick. I mean, that's, yeah. I, I just, I found that the, the uh, motivations behind the various characters held up less well when I saw their equivalents in the remake. And I'll get more into that when we uh, get to the second half. See, I don't think the character of Dick Jones was evil for no reason. I think he was, I'm trying to, like, he was, just didn't care. He just didn't care. He was trying to get ahead, and, and it was a corporate junkie. He just wanted <laughs> to get uh, to be the top of the heap in the corporation. It's, and that's and that's an 80s stereotype right. of uh, the corporate corporate uh, corporate philosophy of clawing your way to the top, taking any chance that you can't knock your opponents out of the way. And that sort of thing. And the conflict between Dick Jones and Bob Morton, I think, was pretty cool. Miguel Ferrer plays a great, just total prick in this movie. Yeah, okay. I, I guess, rolling it back a little bit, I can't say he didn't have a reason. I could just say that the specific actions that he takes, like the motivations don't play through in a, oh, yeah, I could see this happening sort of manner. I get that they're trying to say something about like corporate America and this is what it takes to get ahead. Right, like, that, that's just that's just because they were trying to shoehorn the satire in so much that you know they didn't really right. care necessarily. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's it was a little heavy-handed and implausible. I think is where right. I was going with it. And that, and that, okay, and yeah. that to me, that's why I had for most of my life growing up, I had like a kind of a love-hate relationship with this movie because I loved the action of it and the gore of it as a kid and everything, and it just intrigued me. But I didn't, I don't think as a kid I understood the satire, so I was like. This movie's really stupid and retarded and over the top, but it's kind of fun. And now, as an yeah. you know, as an adult, I kind of I get more of the satire. So it, I appreciate it a little more as an adult. But when I was younger, man, I had like a love hate relationship with this movie. Like I didn't ever tell anybody I liked it, I never watched it, but I would watch it. Yeah, I I I think the one thing that we're missing in this is one is that nobody has ever accused Paul Verhoeven of being subtle. No. Fair, <laughs> no, or, or really a good filmmaker for that matter. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, this movie is campy and cheesy beyond belief, but yeah. it's awesome because the characters in it. I honestly think, and I'm, I know I'm going to be start comparing the, you know, the two, the two Alex Murphys. 
Alex Murphy in this movie is really likable. Well, he's much more sympathetic, and and they spend a little more time humanizing him before they demonize him in the first movie. Because in the second movie, you only get one scene with him and his wife, and then he's down. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like in... Well, Fairhoven that, took what, out some of that stuff, though. He was trying to play down the, the sappy angle. Yeah, which is good for him, because you got enough about... You got enough about Murphy that you were like, oh, this is a good guy. I mean, he's practicing twirling his gun because his kid thinks it's cool. They did a good job of creating the character, with it, which they didn't really do in the second movie. Well, yeah, they joke I kind of disagree. How but... Well, they joke about how really? he's being transferred from, you know, a, a posh area where there's not a lot of crime down to the middle of the, the underbelly of, the, of Detroit where everything's just garbage. And I mean, they played him as kind of this green cop from outside coming into you know the belly of the beast well did you also notice that at one point when uh miguel ferrer mentions that he's got people set up and ready for the for the process do you remember what he was talking about i in within 90 days i when uh he was talking to the old man after uh when he interrupted dick jones he steps up and he says okay i've got this robocop uh, concept coming through i have people in the in the pipeline that'll be ready in within 90 days Murphy was totally set up by uh, Bob Morton to uh, to be killed. Mm, I don't know. There's a stretch. Yeah, because uh, Boddicker worked for Jones, not Morton. Well, you don't think that getting more uh, Morton getting these rookie cops from outside the outside areas being brought into the war zone itself didn't represent him Maybe. like setting cops up to be killed. Maybe. That's that's what I got away from. I mean, yeah, yeah, if, I, if you take take a star and put him in an area where he's more likely to be killed so he's available for you. Yeah, yeah I mean I, I don't think that's an illogical step. No. Sure. He might have been It's a little it. bit of a reach, but it's certainly not like, oh, there's no way they do that. Right. Yeah. Especially with you know as as villainous as they portrayed that corporation. Sure. Uh, and that the, like the whole relationship between that corporation and the police force Kind of didn't ring true to me. It felt like they were going for a Lone Star kind of thing from Shadowrun, and it kind of fell flat, you know. Because they couldn't Mm -hmm. decide whether they were supposed to be corporation employees or normal cops throughout the movie, and it was kind of inconsistent. Yeah, because there were certain times they were talking about bring them to justice or whatever, and there were certain times where they were just like, kill them all or whatever, you know. It was weird. Don't get me wrong. I love the movie, but uh, if if we're talking about does it hold up and did I notice anything watching it the last couple of days, there were a few things I noticed. Well, but of course, considering the time it was written and and made and, um, you know, Paul Fairhoven is definitely not one of my favorite directors, yet he's made two of my favorite, like, sci-fi movies which is this and and starship troopers which i think is a companion piece to this because it i was kind of hoping somebody would bring up starship troopers well because it's 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 very much the same type of thing where it's it's got a statement in a really not very subtle way about you know a a certain aspect of of life and this movie was kind of his where he kind of cut his teeth and then starship troopers was the next evolution of that and it's very very similar as far as satire, I honestly think he did a much better job in RoboCop than he did in Starship Troopers. I thought it was way too ham-fisted 
and heavy handed and Starship Troopers. And he he had the right amount of of camp in in RoboCop, but I think he went a little over the top in Starship Troopers. That's why I've never liked that movie. And I think that pointing out who directed it is a stronger argument than the year it came out. Because whenever it was, well, you got to consider when it was made. I mean, well, yeah, but when it was made was 45 years after Casablanca. It's not like they just figured out how to tell stories in right. movies in the last I, 10 years. I, I do agree with that, that the director had much more to do with it than the fact it was shot in the 80s. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. With, I think the only thing in the If he made that movie that, now, it would probably look the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know about What's that. Joke? I don't know about that. What's that? Well, it would be very similar effect, but it would it would be the same story, same everything. I just think that the the '80s part, the the Verhoeven part, takes over more than the '80s part does. Yeah, sure, I agree with that. I mean, the '80s, you can go, oh, look at how they're dressed. Oh, look at how they're talking. Look at the newscasts and that sort of thing. Um, look at how he splatters in the hood. That's so '80s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, let's go down. I mean, I had forgotten that Red Foreman was the psycho in this one. I and remember was, when, when that when that 70s show started and he first came on screen, I was like, ah! <laughs> he's going to shoot. He's okay. going to kill everybody on this show! Right. <laughs> now, okay, now, wait, wait, wait. Now, here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the battle. Clarence Boddicker or Red versus Foreman? Red Foreman. Red Who Foreman, wins? for sure. Red Foreman. I put my money on Red. In a fight, and he got, wouldn't even have to throw a punch. In a fight, you got to take Boddicker, but just overall, you got to go with Red. No, I think in a fight, I would go with Red. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't have a gun that it blows up houses. But he, yeah, but he does have access to a lot of uh, a lot of tools working in the tool shop. Hey, Boddicker, yeah, dumbass. You know, I mean, that's the thing. I think he would just he would just smite him with words. Right, <laughs> Boddicker, you're a dumbass. So go to the store. Give me some more beer. <laughs> yeah. Then we got uh, Ronnie Cox as Dick Jones, which for playing the corporate vice president who doesn't give a shit and has clawed his way to the top already, he did a great job. Yeah, I mean, I he's kind of top typecast. Yeah, but I could never see Ronnie Cox without thinking about Beverly Hills Cop, though. Yeah, that's fair. That is true. I'll give you that. The I think everybody, all the characters in this are caricatures of, I don't say of themselves, but they're all played really well. Well, they they're you know fit I mean? in a specific, you know, stereotype. The movie was cast yeah. very well. Oh yeah, it really was. I mean, down to, I mean down to Ray Wise and the and also to uh, what's his name the uh, the black dude who was hanging out with with uh, Miguel Ferrer, um, Jesse Goins, who plays uh, Joe Cox. When I mean when that sounds like a Jewish name, and he carried on to the other films too. He did. Yeah. Oh yeah, his, his character did. Yeah, I haven't and seen the, any both of the other, the other films. films. <clears throat> yeah, because after after the RoboCop incident, anything with an internet, with RoboCop on it wasn't allowed in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a couple well, the, of the great RoboCop incident of '95. <laughs> yeah, a couple things I found out about this. Uh, ironically, 27 years later, Detroit did actually file for bankruptcy, just like in the film. Um, and the <laughs> the uh, the part was originally considered for Rutger Hauer, Tom Berenger. Um, and when Peter Weller complained about the costume uh, during the first days of filming, they w- had offered it to Lance Hendrickson to take it over. Wow. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Complain about this. Which he was also, Hendrickson was also considered for the part in the Terminator too, <laughs> before Schwarzenegger, but you know, he wasn't bulky enough. Is Patrick yeah. being mugged? I think so. He those California muggers. Pat? Perhaps Sorry. it's a giant robot attack. <laughs> Are you in danger, Pat? 
Sorry, well, no, no, no. I I was trying to open up my window and I realized it doesn't open. Blow the rape whistle. <laughs> so, I guess this room is just going to get filled with smoke. So whatever. <laughs> so uh, got some trivia on it, and uh, one of the things that they were concerned about when making the movie was that police forces would object to the scene of RoboCop throwing Clarence Boddicker through plate glass windows while reading him his rights. So the producers had a preliminary screening for an audience of nothing but police officers. It turns out they loved it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder I why. Was, they, I was going to say, I could go on the internet and get you actual footage of police throwing people through windows, so I don't know what they're complaining about. Well, back then. Yeah. <laughs> before there was, the everybody internet? had a camera. They showed it, to, they showed it to the cops, and the cops loved it because they, you know, just reading the rights and throwing somebody from a window was like, I guess, their pipe dream. Well, uh, one of the other things I read about was that uh, Robocop's suit, the suit was, uh, the hands were made out of foam rubber. So the scene where he walks out of the back room, they throw the keys and he catches them and then gets in the car and drives away. They took that shot 50 times and used an entire day's worth of filming because every time they threw the keys at him, the foam rubber in his hands, the keys would bounce right out of his hand. Oh, I thought they just didn't let him take off the helmet. <laughs> no, but they did have to, he, the thing is with when he had the suit on, he didn't fit in the car. <laughs> So every time you see him driving, he has no pants on. Yeah, he's in his underwear. <laughs> oh, yes, he's in his underwear. He has no pants on. And then to reinforce the fact that, yes, he's he, he actually does fit in the car in case somebody questioned it. That's why you always see him getting out of the car. You see that foot come down, yeah. which became almost iconic. Yeah. Because the door opens and that the foot comes down. It was just for Hoban going, he's not driving around in his underwear. <laughs> nope. He's totally got the whole suit on. <laughs> See, here's proof. <laughs> here's his foot. But uh, and the other thing was um, the scene where their uh, the former councilman is holding the mayor hostage. Verhoeven saved a little bit of cash by instead of using a infrared spectrometer camera to film this, he just painted all the nude actors with fluorescent paint. Yep. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then filmed that under a black light. That's some bad wood level cheap. shit right there. <laughs> Hey, you know what though? I give him some damn credit. I mean, it's no, now I'm talking about for ingenuity. Been, that's that's a, that's some Ed, Ed Wood level. Oh shit. yeah, totally. So he's, I mean, I, I just wanted to be at that that meeting where he turns to all those people and was like, "All right, strip." <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a Fairhoven film, so we got to do it. Okay, so well, apparently the, the it's like when David Lynch tells you to get naked, you just do it. No, you don't. No, with Robert Altman, yes. Um, before he died, God rest his soul. Uh, anybody naked, anybody naked. Um, even the ones you didn't want, like Cynthia Stevenson. Aw, anyway, I'm kidding, the cutie. Um, the, uh, the the ironically, the scene where he gets blown to hell, they didn't shoot that scene originally. And when he came to the execs after they got done filming and said they didn't have a scene of him actually getting killed or shot all the hell, they they gave him more money to go back and shoot it. So it's actually the last thing they shot in the whole film. Huh. But um, that's that was actually like they did their own prequel. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I talk about the extra stuff after what happened? Like the other. Well, things? does anybody have anything more to say about the movie? We'll yeah. finish the movie and Wait, you can what, say whatever what you want. Yeah, go ahead, man. Oh no, does anybody else have any thoughts on it? No. Okay. Well, I just I it's cheesy, it's campy, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. with you. I get, that's that. I know I sound like I'm the dissenting vote, but I I really did like this movie. You want to not like it, but you can't. No, and that's the thing is like you you go into it and you watch the, you watch the movie from beginning to end, and technically it's one of those 
it shouldn't exist, but it does type things because this is a really cheesy, really awfully filmed, terrible dialogue. Um, it's, bitches, it's basically, it's, it's like showgirls for action movies. Yep. Fairhoven. What are you tying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and what a coincidence. You know, there's Fairhoven <laughs> again. I don't think it's as bad as y'all are making it out to be, but it's, it's well, it's not good. Yeah, it's one definitely of my not good. I disagree, but I would, no, no, I would no, never. You're, you're not listening to okay, us, Joel. To, if, we if, acknowledge if, that it's not a good movie. It's not. I mean, it's it's a cheesy, terribly dialogued, corny movie. But at the same time, we love it because it's 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 RoboCop. Okay, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Would if if um, Joel, if Killer Wilba asked you to give him your top ten American action movies to represent the best of American action movies, would this even be in it? Uh, see, I don't know that I put it in an action movie category, but, but that's no, what I'm saying. Well, I, I don't I mean, know. But take out the satire. Just I mean, would you would you put this movie even in in the top ten? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to sit down and think about it. I'd think about what else would be up there. But I don't. I'm know. just saying. But I mean, the fact that you even had to think about it. I mean, I'm just saying is that it's not that strong of a movie. We do appreciate it and we like it, but it's really not that strong of a movie. Did I, Did you just die or did I? No, huh? I I, I just don't have anything to say about that. I don't know. What am I supposed to say? I, I, just, I just wanted to make sure that we, we were still on. Oh, yeah, we're still here, buddy. Oh, <laughs> All yeah, right, baby. so a few RoboCop things happened after RoboCop. Oh, God. See, and this is where things get a little nuts, and I just had to bring this into perspective because for people like me that are are kind of in love with this, um, when you create a character and it becomes iconic, it, it takes on a life of its own, and it continues outside of the original source material. And what happened was is after RoboCop, they made an animated series for 12 episodes in 1988. Then the second film came out, which was the last film directed by Irvin Kershner, who known for Empire Strikes Back, uh, was originally written by Frank Miller, uh, was turned into a six book, six part comic book series. Well, not, I'm sorry, nine part comic book series, actually. Um, then they made part three in 93. Frank Miller came back to write it, but they uh, kept messing with the script so much that he left and didn't come back to Hollywood till 2005 Sin City. They did a TV series in 94 that had 21 episodes and a pilot. Then they did a, another cartoon. Did Frank Miller called... go back to where he came from? What's that? So can Frank Miller go back to where he came from? What are you, what are you t- Frank Miller's an amazing comic book writer. He's anyway. also a terrible human being. But I, yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I'm just saying he's he's one of those writers that, I mean, he's stuck I can't say any of his stuff, and I don't like him. There's okay, a lot I'm, of shitty personality people that are amazing talents. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, well, but I, I don't think he's one of them. I don't even like his, what he puts out. I don't like his movies. I, I think they're overblown crap. It's like tries to way too hard to be ultra cool. Moving anyway, on. Are, so are, then, we done, are we done now, Joel? <laughs> so then from 98 to 99, no, I, I'm not going to defend Frank Miller. From 98 to 99, there was another cartoon series called Alpha Commando that had 40 episodes, which if you ever see it, it's almost like that old 60s Spider-Man cartoon where it's just so ridiculous where RoboCop has like, I don't know, he just does all kinds of crazy stuff that the original uh, movie was never intended for. And then in 2000... He's like a motherfucking sorcerer. (laughs) Right? And then in 2001, they had a a Canadian four-part film. They did four films in Canada called Prime Directives in 2001. And I've seen them. They're not good. Neither is the television series, the comic... I'm sorry, the cartoon. I enjoyed the second film. The third one is kind of terrible, but I still still watch it. So it unfortunately did not carry on like I would hope. But... It also had six video games and four comic book series, plus toys. Yeah, so it, it's had a very long life outside of the original film, and I don't think people always realize that. I didn't. It's, it's still going. 
since 1987. Yeah, that's it. Uh-oh. Well, and it's not the o- it's not the only um, Paul Verhoeven. Uh, joint that made it to cartoons either there's actually uh you said joint <laughs> there's actually uh oh, crap what's the movie with the bugs again Star- Star- there's three starship troopers movies there's a car there's a cgi cartoon yeah there's a kid there's a cartoon and all uh, there's also, a cartoon but... movie or well, cgi like a uh, anime oh. cartoon movie yeah there's so, comic books. Yeah, there's Starship Troopers said the same kind of thing too. You're right. Paul Verhoeven. The kids love him. <laughs> so <laughs> someday like All right. So oh yeah, the kids just love him. All right. So we're gonna take a little break here. He's a righteous dude. Yes. <laughs> we gonna take a break and move on to RoboCop. We're, Again, we've been talking about RoboCop. The other Robo- RoboCop. The other RoboCop. Oh, 2014 yes. RoboCop. Yeah. Yay. All right. So we'll be back in just a little bit. Detroit, the near future. Officer Alex J. Merton and his partner, Ann Lewis, fight to rid the decaying city of the criminal element which infests it. After being mortally wounded in the line of duty, Officer Murphy is outfitted by OCP with bulletproof titanium robotic parts and with computer-enhanced motor and sensory capabilities. He has become the ultimate supercopter. Robocop. We are uh, back from our break and ready to talk about RoboCop 2014. Just came out earlier this year. Uh, the to- the IMDb breakdown on this one is in 2028 Detroit when Alex Murphy, a loving husband, father, and good cop, is critically injured in the line of duty. A multinational conglomerate, Omnicorp, sees their chance for a part-man, part-robot police officer. Well, stole, starred uh, Joel Kinnaman. Yay, Joel. I'm a big fan of Joel Kinnaman. I don't know if uh, any of you guys ever watched the show The Killing. It was originally on AMC, got through two seasons, was canceled for a couple of years, but uh, both of the principal actors wanted to uh, uh, get back to it so much that they said, you know, whoever picks this up will be in it, and eventually Netflix picked it up for two more seasons. Oh, nice. So that that probably means that all of it is on there then, so I can start watching it. Oh, yeah. It. All four seasons are, and uh, Joel Kinnaman is one of the two stars. So well, I've been a fan of his for a while now. Okay, well, starring Joel Kinnaman, Gary Oldman, who is in, can do no wrong in my book. Agreed. You must Michael think it's Keaton. White Boy Day. That's a true I, romance. I hope that's a... Okay. Thanks. I haven't seen, I haven't seen true romance as, as much as you guys have. In fact, I've seen it maybe once. Aw. I know. Uh, Michael Keaton is Raymond Sellers. Uh, let's see, A.B. Cornish. <laughs> Damn it. We should not have shown Patrick how to rotate the pictures in the Google Google chat because now everybody's facing the wrong direction. Uh, Abby Cornish, Jackie Earl Haley as Rick Maddox, Michael Williams, Jack Lewis, Jennifer Ale, Jay Baruchel. Pick up. And Marianne Jean-Baptiste. Jean-Baptiste, yeah. Yeah, Zorg. Um, so what'd you guys th- what did you guys think? All right. I was prepared to hate this movie. I uh, saw early uh, footage of it, uh, read articles about how it was going to be bad. Like I was ready. But you know what? I I always give something a chance. And when I sat down and gave it like open mind, it's like, okay, they're not just going to remake the original. It's going to be its own thing. I actually, in some ways, prefer it to the original. That's a bold statement. I really like this movie. Old statement. 
Well, part of it is yeah. because I think that up to a certain point, now the wheels fall off at the end, but up to a certain point, nobody is just evil just because. Because okay. they're a corporate person and they want to be evil. They Is that going to be your contribution to this whole conversation, Pat, is just saying no spoilers over and over <laughs> again? Until I see the second half, no spoilers. <laughs> Well, we're, okay, well, how far have you seen? Uh, the last thing that I saw was... Um, Robocop came on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he, his car got blown up. That's what, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Whoa. But in general, like, everybody's motivations were both plausible, and I don't want to say reasonable, but they followed from a somewhat logical cause and effect. And in a lot of ways, like, all of the organizations involved in the whole like RoboCop story and the RoboCop program behaved in a way where I could see in the context of the fictional universe, th- those organizations behaving that way. And I thought that was kind of cool where you, you didn't have just somebody cackling and blowing up cars just to show how badass they are. Not that that wasn't awesome for the eighties, but it, that, sounds uh, like, that sounds like a Frank Miller movie. Is somebody going to say something to that? Nope. I, I, just, I just came back. I got cut off for a little bit, so I can't say anything to anything. <laughs> but how dare you, or whatever I should say. <laughs> what? I don't know. What's like, I didn't hear anything. I just came back. I was cut out for a little while. I'm supposed to, you know, so he said, is anybody going to say anything to that? So there you go. Oh. I have no Do you idea. recall saying something about a Frank Miller film? Yeah, that was the last thing I, I heard. Uh, yeah, and then, and I, then everyone was quiet for like 10, 15 seconds. Oh, I thought I, I thought it was disconnected. That was the point. I got you. Yeah. Ah, that's funny. Uh, funny. And and for some reason, What a Fool Believes is not on on my track anymore. Oh, you guys, you you guys suck. You can't, we went over this in Oklahoma. You can't like take advantage of the fact that I have a bad connection because it fucks with my head. That's the point. I know, and it's not It's nice. like a Frank Miller movie. <laughs> that's funny you asshole <laughs> uh, that'll teach you anyway so, so go ahead Josh you were saying I was going to say does someone else want to give their impressions of uh, Robocop so Michael, Patrick okay. can interrupt them Michael <laughs> yeah shut up do you, want, do you want my impressions or you just like saying them in no I want to hear what you have to say I'm, I'm like Josh <laughs> I came into this I came into it want, uh, anticipating not liking it and there were some, I won't say I loved it, but there were, I did enjoy it. There were some things in this one that, okay, this is going to sound weird, but honestly, I didn't like the Alex Murphy in this one as much as I liked the Alex Murphy in the previous one. Agreed. For well, one okay. specific, okay. I was going to say, um, all everything being disclosed, you're also a very big Peter Weller fan. Damn it, Jim, what the hell is the matter with you? Who? I don't have any Michael... <laughs> McDonald, so I'm just using that. <laughs> I am, I am, is he gone now? No, he's here. Okay. Yeah, I I am a fan of Peter Weller, but here's the thing, though. The There's one instance where I, for the reason that I like the Alex Murphy from the first Robocop better, is that when they were going in for the bust, and his partner turned to him when uh, uh, Michael Williams turned to him, Jack Lewis, his partner, and said, should we call for backup? And he's like, no, we're going in. That character... That's a point where I saw the difference between the two characters because the Alex Murphy in the first one only thought about was everybody the one, else. 
yeah, he was the one in the first one. He was the one going, no, we got to wait. Right, and she was going to call back, yeah. and she was all gung ho for it. In this one, the Alex Murphy was, we're going to get him, we're going to bust him, we're going to do this, and then winds up getting his uh, partner. Yeah, but he almost. Killed. It wasn't that he was gung ho. Was the reason why he didn't want to call for backup. He suspected somebody was dirty within the department. And he's like, if we call for backup, whoever the inside guy is is going to tip them off, and they won't be there when we show up. That is correct. Okay. I must. Yeah, because uh, he knew that there were at least two dirty cops, and he suspected that somebody else, even higher up, was involved. I imagine, uh, by the way, if I was ever a dirty cop, I would, I wouldn't be a dick to everybody that wasn't a dirty cop because it kind of like labels you. I would be like the friendly guy. Like the people, people be like, nobody suspects him of being a dirty cop because he's so nice. <laughs> he got a kitten out of a tree. I mean, as soon as those guys like confronted him, I was like, well, those guys are dirty. I mean, who doesn't know guy. that? Like, why be so obvious? <laughs> right. Be a nice guy. Kill him with kindness. Kill, kill him with Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> but I agree with you, Mike, personally. I mean, not necessarily with that point, but I, I, I felt the same way about well, his portrayal. I think, that, I think they just took too much time to show Alex Murphy as being the family guy. Whereas in the first one, the, he's practicing the twirl. He has the f- couple flashbacks to his wife and you write in the rest. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't really fill in those blanks until the later the other two movies. They don't even give his his wife and his son a name in the original. It wasn't until the sec- yeah. sequel that they gave him a name. So, so what about you, Joel? Uh, see, only I can He's whispering. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I don't, I don't know why he's whispering, but it makes me nervous. <laughs> I was talking to somebody. Sorry, uh-huh. dirty cop. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not here. Have some pie. <laughs> see, see, it works. Totally disarmed me there. I'm like, there's no way he could be dirty. <laughs> he gave me pie. See, I, I, as you as you know, and we've talked about this in, in great length on the show previously. I'm I, I have nothing against remakes, reimaginings, redoing whatever you want to call them. Um, it, it it just it's not it's not a thing that bothers me. But when it's something like this, where I I love it to a you know an nth degree. I don't necessarily I don't like get excited about it initially because I'm like, well, what are they going to do different? And so I was a little concerned. But as I started seeing things, I was kind of like, all right, well, you know, it's got a good cast. I'm liking the way that the cast is shaping up. I didn't know who Joel Kinnaman was at that point, like Josh did. Um, and until I saw the full suit of armor with the, or the full Robocop suit with the, the hand left out in the that breeze. Creepy. That was creepy. Um, uh, that that's where I kind of got a little nervous again because you know they made a point in the original to remove his hand and here they left it almost like as an additional like we're going to be different. Um, but yeah, it, and, and the way they did it, it, it almost looked like they, um, they obviously made a specific effort just to save that hand with everything that you know that little tiny vessel that they had going all the way down to it. Yeah, I mean they, eh, I don't know, and I, I I his portrayal of Murphy just it didn't. He wasn't as likable. He wasn't as charismatic. He just felt kind of. I'll just, tell you what, his his freak out when they showed him when they pulled the whole suit apart was pretty good. Well, and that's just it. Once he was in the the RoboCop suit, I I started liking him. And by the end of the movie, I was a fan. I was I was a an Alex Murphy fan. But at the beginning, the first fifteen twenty minutes before the car blows up, I was like, God, I do not like this guy. I just he's I don't something about him just doesn't I don't like it. Um, it was too coarse. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just it was not it just wasn't what I was expecting based on the original. Um, and you know that's where you kind of have to check everything at the door because it's not the original. It's trying to be its own film. Was um, it because you you wanted more Kurt Woodsmith? 
<laughs> well, everybody wants more Kurtwood Smith. Come on, <laughs> dumbass. I, I kind of felt the opposite, mainly because I, I think that there was a bigger difference between Alex Murphy, the guy, and once they lower his dopamine levels and kind of make him robotic and soulless and more of a machine, uh, that contrast was bigger than uh, the original, where he yes. didn't have a whole lot of personality to begin with, and then he has even less. Yes. I, I guess that so. Was, that was, uh, the, the, the last scene, by the way, to answer your question from earlier, the last scene that I was able to see before I lost internet connection and everything was um, – he had just been presented to the public and jumped out and arrested that guy, and they were making a big stink about, you know, look what he did and blah, blah, blah. So. Well, and that's the other thing that, that bothered me um, is, you know, well, number one, they didn't have enough time with the visor down, which bugged me because I'm like, here, you got this cool new suit, yet his visor's up half the time. Um, was the whole acrobatic running, jumping on top of Ed 209 and all the stuff that happened at the, the last 20 minutes – just kind of Come on, man. well, I didn't say what happened. I just said I don't really care. You can say it. I don't there was an argument. They got heated over a card game. I, can, I, can I? Can I just? I, I I would honestly say that I bet you that was something that was in his contract that he had to have more face time because that's something that Peter Weller complained about. He's like, yeah, I played RoboCop, but there's a whole bunch of people out there that don't even know what my face looks like. <laughs> well, and when they took it, when he did take it off, it was you know they distorted it quite a bit with the way they did the makeup, but. I mean, it, it bothered me because, you know, in the original, they kind of played up the fact that, you know, robotics are not to the point where they're going to move as fluidly as you and I. And, and this this one, they kind of took it to a, a different level. And it yeah, bugged me like, for he's some like snake reason. Eyes almost. Right. Yeah. Where he's like a superhuman killing machine or whatever. But I mean, and I, a dancing honestly, machine. It, well, that came. <laughs> that's in the sequel. Um <laughs> But all in all, I mean, I Boogaloo really two electric boogaloo. Exactly, you, it's where he saves the community center. I I loved it. I I really I'm a fan. Outside of the the last little bit, like like you you guys were talking about, you know, the third act where things kind of fall apart a little bit. Um, the 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 second act I really enjoyed. Um, I thought Jackie Earl Haley played a, a great kind of not really a bad guy necessarily, but a guy that was out for himself. Um, Michael Keaton is always phenomenal. I didn't really care for Samuel Jackson's part. I didn't like the the way they portrayed the message that was in the original. They they kind of almost made it even more hit you over the head obvious. Sure. Yeah. I never thought I would accuse a movie of being more ham-fisted at putting a point across than Paul a Paul Verhoeven movie. Well, I think that Samuel <laughs> Jackson's beginning and end to this film put a cap he, on that. He Verhoeven yeah. Verhoeven. Yeah, he he, yeah. he took it to Verhoeven squared. It was just a whole other level. Um, the only other thing I wanted nobody, to say about it... Nobody beats Pepe. <laughs> was, oh, jeez. I... <laughs> I was happy to see Ed 209 basically still designed the same and Ed 209 in the, in the original and even in this one still bothers me because I just, I can, he gives me the willies. Cause I think about, you know, if, if this was a real robot and you came across this thing and it's not able to be controlled, there's really not much you can do. It's, it's pretty frightening. And, and then they kind of take that away in part three, but anyway, yeah. I, so I liked it. I, I'm a fan outside of the opening bit of Murphy. I'm a fan. Yeah, plus getting to see RoboCop uh, fighting a lot more Ed 209s, uh, that whole action sequence was pretty sweet. And you, that that's when it picked up for me. I mean, I, I mean, there was a lot of action, but I thought the point where you finally saw what a badass RoboCop could be when he approaches that building and that one, the one uh, rent-a-cop comes up. He's like, you should be leaving from the premises right now. We are not wanted here. And he just tases him. 
<laughs> he drops and he, tur- he Robocop looks at the other cops and goes, you should all move now. And they just drop their weapons and walk, run away. And then he launches a motorcycle into the... We're, are we still doing spoilers for Yeah, Pat? I don't give a shit. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. He launches a, launches a motorcycle in through a plate glass window onto the head of one of the Eds. Nice. Yeah. Oh, the battle's really awesome. He'll pot it away later, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I gotta, I gotta. Yeah. So, and it's not called potting it away, by the way. That's, that's my term. <laughs> it's not a six gun either. <laughs> it, is, it is a six gun. I made show what art about, to prove it. What about Psycho Man in this one? Jackie Earl Haley as Rick Maddox versus, um, Ron, uh, I'm sorry, Kurtwood Smith as Boddicker. I like Jackie Earl Haley in almost everything he does. Yeah. He was great in Watchmen. I'm not sure that oh, yeah. he directly translates over to Boddicker. I agree. I agree with Jeff. Well, who does that? Uh, Valen? Uh, I forget what his character was. Well, let's see here. Uh, he, he, there wasn't really a composite for Jackie Earl Haley and his character in the original, I don't think. That, that's the thing. is like The, uh, the uh, counterpart for Boddicker <laughs> was the smarmy crime lord with the like 1980s hair. Like the okay. John Tesh do, because they yeah, toned. He, he, looked, he looked kind of. He looked kind of like Michael McDonald, actually. Well, they kind of toned down a little bit of the the bad guy, good guy thing, and made it good guy versus good guy who's out for himself versus out for you know the better good of the public. They made it a hate triangle. Right. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> Jackie O'Haley wasn't necessarily a bad guy. He just he wanted to prove that his way was the best way, and you know this guy was getting in his way so he was going to try and figure out a way to either make him look bad or, or take him out and uh when uh, he got tased by robocop he was kind of publicly shamed and that's when it kind of got personal just between the two of them right but he still i don't think mm-hmm. at as the the core of him was necessarily a bad guy i mean he wasn't a good guy but sure no he was just a dick he wasn't necessarily yeah. a villain yeah. at least until everything starts to come apart at the end but I think he still saw Murphy as as a as a a thing and not a person. He's kind of like uh, Werner in Breakfast Club. He's not evil. He's just an asshole. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, when you get to the point yeah. where you're willing to shoot at actual police officers because okay. the corporation true. told you to, you've gone past just being a dick and you're a villain. Okay, that's true. I didn't think about that part. So that's that's what's uh, and that's what I was saying is like everyone's motivations are fine and I don't even have a problem with like the decisions they make. It's clear that everything's going to hell in a handbasket. So people make some desperate decisions to try to make sure that the billions of dollars that are on the line don't just go up in smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot. I I agree with you on that, that a lot of these. A lot of the motivations between the characters in this new one were done out of, I don't know what to do next. I have to do something because I, I don't know what to do, but I have to do something because, because the plot demands that I do something. <laughs> well, not even the plot, but just like Gary Oldman as the doctor. I have to do something because Michael Keaton is expecting this to be done. I have to do something because uh, uh, Clara Murphy wants to see her husband. Oh, Get, looking at after after watching the movies, one thing I did think is that they had two really good actors with Gary Oldman and Michael Keaton. Oh yeah, and I was expecting Michael Keaton to go a lot more psycho. 
because if you have you ever have you guys ever seen the movie um, Pacific Heights? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, he was so. Oh good my god, yeah, Michael Keaton! You think he's you think Michael Keaton doing Psycho is Beetlejuice? You ain't seen nothing till he's sitting in in a chair letting cockroaches walk all over his body. <laughs> um, he's complete. Ah, oh, just yeah, that movie's just see it. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, Michael Keaton, Matthew Modine. I and, hope they remake it so we can watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't think they use them well enough. I mean, Gary Oldman is going to be awesome no matter what character you hand him. Right. He's going to be awesome. Michael Keaton, as the as the corporate leader, the corporate, you know, the, the president of this corporation, when he, at the very end, when he pulled the gun on Murphy and Robocop, Murphy Robocop, that seems so out of, honestly, kind of context, but out of character for him. Well, only if you weren't listening to what he was saying, though, because he was he was not intending to shoot anybody. He was like, you know what? I could shoot you at any time. If I wanted you dead, you'd be dead. I could do it now. I'm not gonna, but I'm going to show you. I'm going to point my gun at these people and there's nothing you can do about it. But I don't I mean, in that but that character, I mean, he has everybody do everything for him. He doesn't do it. He tells people what to do. Well. I, I don't understand the pulling of the gun at all. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah, I think I he, mean, was, I, he was trying to make a point. He was trying to say, you know what? We can still get this back. You're treating me like I'm a villain, like I'm trying to kill you, trying to kill your family. Now, granted, he had ordered his death, but he was trying to play it off like, if I wanted you dead, you'd be dead. Right. He's in control, and, and still, Murphy is just an, an object. He's not a person anymore. And I think that they really... They really kind of nailed that thought that thought process home when they first showed him without the body and you really realize exactly how little of him is left and i think that kind of made an interesting point too with you know what exactly makes a man a man um because it really all he was was lungs a hand and a head you know that, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was about it well, yeah, proverbially speaking, of course. Yeah. And his Figured combat it. skills weren't even his anymore. Nope. No. That's where uh, Gary Oldman had you know, made a decision, even though Gary Oldman was a very good character. He was probably you know, one of the only few like legitimately good people. He made a bad decision because he had to do what they were telling him to do. So he took reason away, at least in combat situations. Well, and later he took emotion away because it was the only way he could get him to stop freaking out so he could make his public appearance. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it it was like, it's like in the, this movie, in the first movie, it was, this is what we're doing. Bang, he's a robot. He's a cyborg robot. Then they deal with all the other issues. In this one, it was almost like a, a slow trickle. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. sure. Okay, well, we're going to, we're going to, we need a person to put inside this suit. Okay, well, we'll get this guy. Oh, well, he's kind of flipping out. So we're just going to tweak it back a little bit. Oh, just a little bit more. Oh, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more until this shit hits the fan. You know, I just think I think this one, it was a a slow roll versus the Well, he starts out being I, a dick in, in the first one. Yeah, more or less. Well, but I mean, uh, that's my favorite well, song. Slow I guess roll. not. <laughs> Actually, I guess I shouldn't say that because the I can't think of her name right now. Um, she was the one who really was doing most of the stuff that Oldman's character was doing in the remake. And she actually oh, remained whoa. good and stayed through all three that, films. That whole scene where, uh, the character anyway, where Gary Oldman kisses Robocop during the new year's party. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That never happened. It did in my mind. <laughs> in his fanfic, it did. Right. Shh. Now appearing on Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> 
Kiss me, RoboCop. So, well, Pat, what did you think up to the part where you couldn't watch anymore? I mean, I was enjoying it. I, I can't wait to watch the other half tonight. <laughs> I'm mean, looking forward to it. Um, thoughts so far? I, I really, I mean, I really did like that scene when they cut away the whole, you know, the whole suit and showed him what was left because I was not expecting that at all. Because after you see that first shot of him laying in bed, you're like, okay, that's pretty bad, you know. And then they show how much they cut away. I was like, oh my god, why did they even leave anything at that point? Well, exactly, uh, and I think that was kind of the point. I thought that was a very well done. Right, you know, and it was so yeah for the point they were making, it was so well done, you know, because they they basically cut away as much as they could to still be able to call it a human machine, and then then at the very end they took even that away. So one little note about his injuries that did bother me, especially when my wife pointed out, they talked about how he had fourth degree burns. Fourth degree burns are when your flesh turns to ash. It just wouldn't have taken very much for them to just like described his burns as they were. <laughs> Mostly right. second and third, not like powdered. Yeah. Right. And at, at fourth and, and another good point is at fourth degree you actually inhale flame. So your your lungs would be charred too. Yeah. He had very nice lungs. And your face wouldn't look as pretty as it did. <laughs> he would have a, like a flat, featureless face from all the skin grafts. It was just weird that they were that oddly specific about the nature of his injuries in a clearly incorrect way. Right, yeah, that's a good point. Did any of you guys catch when he first ran out of the the testing facility when they um, when he first realized that he was in the suit and he ran past the one guy and the guy went, Gojira! Did you guys catch that? I, I thought I heard him say that, but I, I was convinced I'd misheard it. Nope, because <laughs> when I watched it the second time uh, yesterday, I, I was listening again, and he, he specifically, when he ran by me, he goes, Gojira! So they just want I mean they just wanted to hammer home the fact they were in Asia. They said it as many times as they could. They he runs in the rice paddies and then someone has to say Gunjira. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing they didn't have like a like, like a hibachi chef in the background somewhere in the <laughs> laboratory. No, that's just that's <laughs> not good. There's a bunch or of Pokemon. A panda doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he runs past a Pokemon vending machine, you know. Panda doctor. Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing. In, Excuse in, me, Doctor Panda. Can I have a Can I have a moment of your time? Oh, okay, okay. That makes that makes more sense. I thought you were talking about a doctor for panda. Oh, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> panda who is a doctor. Oh, that makes much more sense. Yeah, come on now. I'm not silly. They would never give a panda a license. He'd be high on eucalyptus all that. Wait, that's koalas. Never mind. Yeah, Pokemon. Eh? <laughs> Robocop used taser. It's super effective. <laughs> so anyway, Pat, you were saying. Did you oh, like I? this Murphy better than the other, the original? Um, you know what? I, I think I liked them both the same, really. I mean, they both both got something different to the role. I like uh, I like the action and the side of um, the second guy, but you know, I like the uh, emotion side of Peter Weller's character. So, just two different things I liked about both of them portraying the same character. Uh, I would have to, if I had to pick between the two, just based on what I've seen, even I would, I would probably still pick the second movie because the effects just kind of take it over the top. Interesting. And I still haven't even seen how it ends, so maybe I'll change my opinion when I see it. <laughs> but I doubt it, unless it just really just has like a itchy and scratchy and poochy kind of ending. <laughs> now I must go back to my home planet. <laughs> <laughs> poochy died on the way to his home planet. <laughs> Uh, there was a little bit in the notes about how I, I was talking about Taser when I was joking about Pokemon. There was a lot of tasing in this movie to keep it to uh, PG-13. Oh, well, yeah. Why didn't they just use rubber bullets? 
Well, they, they, they when they originally were designing all the the equipment, I watched all the making of stuff because I, 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 when I got it, I got the original also again on on Blu-ray, and I was watching all the documentaries, and they were talking about how they were trying to give it the same feel as the original, but you know, kind of soup it up. And so the original one that the gun they designed, you know, based on a Desert Eagle, they decided to do that again, you know, make it more modern, but they opt- opted for a taser for pacification. And then on the other leg, he had the gun that was a, you know, it's a basically a machine gun um, that uh, he could use for, you know, if he needed to like, oh, ass- off and shit. assault people <laughs> like to get ki- to kill them, you know, physically kill them. When but yeah, PG-13. You know what scene I wish they had done and then they had copied over from the previous, the first movie, was the um, the target scene when all the cops are oh. on oh, yeah. the target and range. And just, <laughs> <laughs> just and just one by one, they all look around. The- <laughs> <laughs> like who the hell's blowing shit up? <laughs> have you guys ever? By the way, I know none of, none of you guys are gun guys, but have you ever seen or held a Desert Eagle gun? Yes, I no. have. I, I've shot at range uh, several times with people who are gun guys and yeah a deagle is one of the things that fired they are so enormous very heavy and the kick on them is just tremendous i mean i i I almost dislocated my shoulder the first time because i was not expecting it to be that much of a kick yeah not from the first one yeah try jumping from a 22 pistol to a colt python (laughs) you just said words i'm I'm gonna be buying one of these well never mind i'm gonna get four is that similar? No, wait, are you... I, I shot a 44, In the first yeah. one, he didn't have a Desert Eagle. No, well, but it was based after on the a Desert, Desert Eagle. Eagle. Right. They, yeah, it was... Uh, where, oh, wait, it they was modeled the trivia. it after it. Right. There was... They, it... Da, 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 da. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. So, anyway, uh, yeah, a 44, would you say that's equivalent to a Desert Eagle? It's, it's, a Desert as... Eagle is is a bigger handgun. It's the old, it's the only handgun at the but moment I mean the that's bigger than a 44. Because that's that's the biggest I've ever shot, and that had a hell of a kick on a it. A forty-four is a forty-four is a damn big gun, but a, a yeah. Desert Eagle is bigger. Even that's nuts. Okay, here's the trivia that I found. It says okay. that in the original RoboCop, the Desert Eagle Magnum was that is in the OCP boardroom was originally intended to be RoboCop's gun. There's there are behind the scenes photos and footage of Peter Weller practicing with the Deagle. However, when they gave him the gun in the suit, it still looked too small. Wow. After he had all the suit on. So the armory supervisor, Randy Moore, modified a Beretta automatic pistol with a compensator and decorative dressing to make the make the gun bigger. Wow. So it's what he's shooting in the original movie is actually a modified Beretta. Yeah, I thought it was a Desert Eagle. See, size does matter. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was interesting. Oh, they said that even of him holding a Desert Eagle in his hand with the suit on, st- it still looks small. Yeah, that's... A, and I've seen those guns. Those guns are gigantic. Yeah, they are. They really they really are. So, but no, between the two of them, what are we over, under, equal? I think they're nice companion pieces. I think that they did a, a nice job of remaining too, true to the original source material, um, but making it a modern spin on it that was still fun and still enjoyable, despite, you know, the flaws. But the original one is just as flawed, so... You know, it, it is what it is, and I, I was happy with it, personally. Yeah, I would say I like the second one better. I'm with Pat. I would say I like the second one better. Uh, I, if I'm flipping through the channels on cable, either of these are on, I'm going to watch them. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I like that's true. I, I would I would agree with that. I mean, if I'm flipping through the channels and RoboCop comes on, I'm like, awesome, RoboCop. 
awesome. Robocop. I mean, it's it's for me, it's win-win in either way. But gun to your I, head. I, I like them. Desert Eagle to your head. Which one? Uh, Deagle to my head. Gotta choose one. I'm gonna go with the second one because the effects are so much better. Yep. And I'm an effects guy. I love good effects. Oh yeah, you're Michael and Bay's puppet. No, not Michael Bay. <laughs> I like. It. I knew you I would like, like that. I like. I like good effects. I don't like an hour and a half of nothing but explosions. Well, he wasn't saying that you're a fan of Michael Bay. He was saying you were actually a puppet made by Michael Bay. <laughs> right. You're not real. Oh, okay. this, well, is, that's, this that's is an true. intervention. This whole yes. podcast. We're letting you know. Oh my God, I'm a puppet. <laughs> You said you were an effects guy. In your heart, I'm, you knew I, it to be true. See, are you I, need, I need so I need a dun 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 sound effect on this thing. See, and if I had to pick between the two, I'd go with the original. But that's me. So if we got was, one to three. If there was a desert eagle to my head, finally, I'm not the dissenting vote. Yay! And Joel is wrong. <laughs> well, that's I, not a final. No, we no, 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 no. I'm not going to give them that shit. We no. all know Joel's no. always wrong. <laughs> I honestly expected to be alone in that opinion. Like, I knew Joel would uh, prefer the original, but I, I kind of thought that you guys would think the movie sucked. So it's interesting to me that uh, we all kind of liked it. No, I mean, I I liked it. I enjoyed it. I mean, again, it's one of those one of those situations where where is the bar set when you step into a movie? True. You know, it's, it it does have I, a, it does have a large effect on on how you like a movie is what you're expecting when you go into it. You, oh yeah. See. Yeah. That's. Oh, go ahead, oh, I was just going to say, because I went into it not expecting much. And from the very opening scene, not the Samuel L. Jackson part, but the first scene where Jackie O'Hurley's out in the middle of, you know, the Middle East with all the the Ed 209s and, and the uh, I forget what they called the other ones. But right then and there, I'm like, OK, I'm going to like this just from that one shot. Yeah, that was well done, too. Yeah, I, I love that. And I thought it made a good point And it brought the original point of the original film into the modern day and, and drove it drove home the same point just in a different way. Hmm? Well, a different point, maybe. But anyway, you get the point. I'm saying I point do. a lot. They also you set are. up the whole red asset thing in that initial scene, which rang a little truer than, oh, we're just going to sneak into the programming. You can't kill employees of the company. Right. Which which gave a great ending to the first RoboCop. Yeah. Sure. But th- and it, again, just as ham fisted as the, you know, as Verhoeven always is. Sure. You're fired. <laughs> And and when he okay, throw it back to the first one. You're fired. Thank you. <laughs> so go ahead. I'm sorry, Joel. I'm sorry. No, I was saying, Josh. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that uh, while that scene was awesome, uh, this one is more believable because you could say even if they had a government contractor checking for this kind of malicious safeguard code, uh, someone could look at that and go, "Oh, that's reasonable. We don't want him to flip out and start killing reporters." Absolutely, that safeguard needs to be in there. Well, that happened. Uh, that's all the way from the very beginning. Yeah. When they had the reporter in the street. Here, wear this bracelet. As soon as, as long as you're wearing this, you're fine. You know, and that, and that. Well, like you said, that made sense. You know, you don't want, you don't want somebody who's not, you know, not technically in combat getting shot. So. And you don't want somebody that you armed and trained to come back and kill you. Exactly. Which, which is proving to be bad form for the America in, with the Taliban. <laughs> Well, and even when the insurgents started attacking and 
she's getting nervous and trying to kind of look for cover. He's like, no, no, we got it. It's okay. Stay right here. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, I, that, that was funny to me that you know, they just cut to him and he's like, okay, whatever. Uh, we're just going to deal with this real quick. Everything can blow it up behind him. <laughs> you just stand here. And don't move. Well, he had faith and he had faith in, in the gear. He knew that they would be right. safe and, and that they were going to take care of it. I mean, that's how that much was he a, that was it. a really, that was a really well done way in, you know, for filmmaking for them to, show just how trustworthy this whole system is and everything and how efficient it is because if this guy who knows it so well is just going to stand there while it's going on then obviously it was it was a really good way to, to portray just how efficient the machines were that was his baby mm-hmm. so what's so next week go. next week we're getting our wonka on <laughs> 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 wonka, 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 wonka. Yes. So uh, we looked it up, and um, July seventh is National Chocolate Day. So we thought it would be a good uh, thing to watch the original Charlie, Ch- uh, Willy Wonka, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Used to... Willy Wonka. No, no, the original one was Charlie and the Chocolate. Factory. No, the original nope. was Willy Wonka. No. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yes. The book oh. was originally Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right. But the first film was Willy Wonka's uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And then the remake went back to the original title. Right. Charlie. So, the okay, remake so we're going to watch the remake. We're watching the Wonka movies. So <laughs> we're getting our Wonka on. The remake was definitely a lot, a lot more World Doll approved. Sure. But we'll talk about that next week. Yay. Which is why it had the book name. Yes. So we'll talk um, about that more next week. If you guys would like to give us some suggestions, we always appreciate those because the last suggestion let me eat breakfast cereal for a whole week. Uh, the um, ways you can get in touch with us are 40go14 at gmail.com, at Facebook, Stitcher, TalkShoe, iTunes, Booberry, and at musingsofageek.com. I know. It's, it's just I'm, just I'm just leaving it right if there. If you want to give us a call, you can always call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708. <laughs> I'm not going to fall for it. I put it there. <laughs> that is not 708. <laughs> Eight six seven five three zero nine. It is seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven. There you go. I was almost hoist by my own petard, <laughs> Captain John Luke Petard. I'm glad we're not a video cast then. Uh, Pat disappeared again. By the way, he did. Yeah, apparently he had something to do about snozberries and he had to go. He's cheese it. It's the oh. feds. Exactly. <laughs> cheese it. Love that. Okay, so uh, join us next week as we watch our Wonka. And uh, play with our snozberries. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, buddy. I'm not going to make any judgments, oh, but okay. I just am guessing maybe his internet gave out. I don't think any sort of prostitution was involved. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek podcast network. Stay geeky, my friends.